Thanks for coming to worship with us on the 4th of July weekend. And uh, we are in a series of messages called Better. Better is a walk through the book of Hebrews where we're told that Jesus is the better high priest, that we are being given a better covenant built on better promises, that there are better things for us that accompany salvation, tons of better in the book of Hebrews. And as we journey through this, I just believe that God wants to lift all of our lives to a better place. Anybody want a better place? Come on. Just believing for a better place. Um, I think we all want to see a better world. Uh, I think we all want to be better. I want to be a better husband, a better dad, a better granddad, a better pastor, and that's what Jesus can do in our lives. So today, I want to share a few thoughts on the idea of God speaks. God speaks. In Hebrews chapter 1, I want to read a couple of verses. I'm not obligating myself as we journey through Hebrews to preach on every verse that is in here, but I want to start here with Hebrews 1 verse 1. God, after he spoke, everybody say spoke, spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways. In these last days has spoken, everybody say spoken, he's spoken to us in his son, who he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. He, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his nature, and he upholds all things by the word of his power. The Bible says that God has spoken and God is speaking to us today. And I know there would be some situations where you would say, God spoke to me, that people would think, okay, you've lost some marbles. (laughs) But the Bible is really clear that God has always initiated effort to communicate with mankind. God is always wanting to speak to us. God is always wanting to communicate to us as a a planet, as a church, but even as individuals. And what we're going to discover as we walk through the book of Hebrews is that there is a very strong and distinct uh, distinction between the vast differences between the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, and the New Testament, the New Covenant. And it starts off with this idea that in the former days, in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, God spoke through prophets, through men, And he would speak to them, and the way God would often speak through prophets is there would be a visitation for a particular time, for a particular moment, 
for a particular situation that God wanted to speak to or that his spirit might fall, but then there was kind of a pullback until the next need for God to speak. So in the Old Testament, you would see guys like Elijah who would rise up as a spokesman for God, but then, then it, would, it would kind of recede off of him. You would see Isaiah or Jeremiah or Amos. Or, these are men that were prophets. They were used of God to speak to a particular situation, to speak in, in, in a particular place. They were flawed men who were used by a flawless God. Anybody glad that that still happens today? God uses flawed people, but he can do his flawless work through them. But the Bible says God did speak in the old days to our fathers through prophets, but now he speaks to us in his son. In the prophets, there was a visitation for a moment in a particular circumstance. In Jesus, there is not a visitation, there is a habitation of God's presence that is here on the planet and God's desire to communicate not just with particular individual prophets, but God's desire to communicate with everyone. And so I want to uh, put this idea into your thinking and into your mindset is that God is always speaking to you, but we are not always listening. We're not always tuned in. I, I use this analogy a lot, but it helps me understand right now in this room uh, there are radio waves that are going across this room, and if you were to tune your radio to uh, the country station, you could listen to country music. Amen. Please don't, but um, <laughs> you, could, you could tune in to talk radio. You could tune in to opera. You could turn in to rock and roll music. You could tune in to all kinds of music, uh, and the truth is, it's not that there's a shortage of communication. There can be a shortage of tuning in, of receptivity. And I want to remind us that God is always speaking to us, but we've got to learn how to tune in. And what this passage is telling us is this. God in the past spoke through prophets and through, spoke through other means, but today God speaks in the language of Jesus. God speaks in the language of Jesus. Now, let me, let me define that a little bit. Everything God says, everything God does, he does through the person of Jesus. Amen. It is not a politically correct statement, but it is a biblically correct statement to say this, the only way... God connects with man is through Jesus. And the only way man connects with God is through Jesus. And, and you would find, I could say that in this room, and there are probably some of you that would be going, what you talking about, Willis? But, uh, but, there, but, 
But I could, I could say that in this room. I watched a little clip the other day, I won't name the names of the people, but it was a guy who poses himself as an atheist, and there was a talk show host and was asking the atheist about, why, you know, why are you an atheist? Why? He says, answer me this question. Why is there something instead of nothing? Like, who caused the something? And, and the atheist was making their point, and they were saying, well, you know, the truth is, there's probably around the world around 3,000 gods, 2,999 of them you don't believe in. You just believe in one god. I just believe in one god less than you. And the truth is, outside of the Bible, people would go, well, yeah, there's all kinds of ways to get to God. There's all kinds of ways to connect with God. There's all kinds of ways. It's all the same God. But the Bible is very clear that it all funnels through Jesus. God speaks in the language of Jesus. He speaks to us. He, he reaches to us. It all happens through the person of Jesus. So I want to take a few moments today and, and, and drill down a little bit, and let's talk about how does God speak through Jesus, and what is God saying through Jesus? Number one is this. God speaks in family. God speaks in family. Hebrews 1 uh, verse 2 says, In the last days God has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things. The blessing of God in the Old Testament came about as the result of obedience to a set of rules and regulations. And in the Old Testament, God would communicate to people and God would, would, would release himself to people's lives through the Ten Commandments, and then through a flood, and then through a rainbow, and then through kings, then through prophets, then through tabernacles, then through temples. And None of that was actually the fulfillment of what God wanted to do, and none of that worked in terms of communicating how God wanted to relate to us. So God says, I'm going to send my son, and he's going to create heirs, heirs who receive the family inheritance. And what I want us to get a hold of today is to understand that the blessing of God the communication of God comes into our life by inheritance. To, to receive an inheritance is to receive all the riches that belong to a family just because you're part of the family. Doesn't matter if you're the most talented person in the family. Doesn't matter if you're the strongest person or the best looking person. None of that matters. The fact that you're in the family positions you for the blessing of the family. My dad, uh, in all the years that I was at home and we were growing up, was an insulation foreman at a shipyard. And, and he was involved, and he led a crew of 40 to 100 guys at a time. And they would put these insulation, this insulation inside of all these big uh, Navy contract ships that they would build at this shipyard in the New Orleans area. And in that day, people didn't understand the, the um, kickback on asbestos. 
So all of that insulation was asbestos-based, um, and as my dad got older, there were all of these civil lawsuits that started to come out against all of this asbestos, and it got into people's hearts and lungs and into their body. And so all of a sudden, my dad started receiving these checks as insurance claims. Now, I didn't even know this was going on until my dad passed away. And then all of a sudden, one day, a few years ago, just a few months after my dad passed away, I got a check in the mail. And I thought, well, what's this for? I was happy, but, uh, but I thought, what's this for? And I called the, the, the little law firm, and I said, what's going on here? Can you explain this to me? And they explained to me what I just explained to you. And, um, and since that time, I've gotten a bunch of checks in the mail that have just become because of my dad's insurance claims. I haven't, I haven't worked a minute. I got one of those checks this past week. It was an awesome check. And I have not worked one minute. I have not exerted any energy. Do you know why those checks have come into my life? Because of I'm in the family. And what I want to encourage you to understand is that God speaks in family. He brings his best, his blessing into our life because we're in the family. When we embrace the son as our Lord, we are born again into the family of God. And, that, and, and the truth is, I think one of the reasons God speaks in family is because we are not just isolated Christians kind of walking out this relationship with God. He brings us into a family. And he puts us in this family, and the full inheritance of the family is ours. I live a blessed life because I'm in the family. Not because of how good I am or how bad I am. I live a blessed life. I live a favored life. You live a life with peace, with love, with joy in you. You know why? Because you're in the family. Come on. The blessing of God comes because we are in the family, not because we are good enough. Amen. Second thing that way God speaks to us is God speaks in creation. God speaks in creation. Hebrews 1-2 says, in these last days, God has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom, through Jesus, he made or created the world. Colossians 1 is kind of a parallel passage that I want to pull a few things out of today that talk about this idea. But Colossians 1.16 says, For by him, by Jesus, all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, both things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. By him, through him, all things were created. Jesus wasn't created. All things were created through him. Now, I want you to get this because this will elevate your life and elevate your thinking. All things, the Bible says, all things in heaven, all things on the earth. All things visible 
all things invisible, all thrones, all rulers, all dominions, all authority, all are under the authority of the one who created it. All things created by him. All things created for him. I think sometimes we, uh, the, the benefit of having lived a little bit longer is to recognize that there are many things that come to pass. When I was a kid growing up, the big threat on the world scene was communism. We were afraid communism was going to take over the world. And, and uh, I remember it was like the big enemy that we, were, that we were facing against. I also remember that in a day, the authority of communism was just toppled. It's just like, it seemed like, it just like so fast and all of a sudden things were different. There were, communism was not a threat anymore for, for the rest of the world. Now, today, we look at, at radical terrorism that takes place in the earth, and people are like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I just want to remind everybody, God is still on his throne, and he's still in charge. And, and, and what you think might be a threat or an issue today, in a day, can be turned around. God is, God is not sitting on his throne going, oops. How is this one getting by me? It might be that who you wanted to be the president is not the president. That's a possibility. Guess what? It doesn't really matter in the long run because God is in charge. And I do believe that if God has a praying people in a situation, they can bring heaven into the earth. All things created by him. This is, this is fascinating to me. The Bible says both the visible and the invisible, both the seen and the unseen are created by him. The same God who created what we see has also created what we don't see. The same God who's created the visible created the invisible. And I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact that the invisible realm is just as real as the visible realm. There is a spiritual realm that is invisible to these eyes, but it is a very real place. And God has authority over everything that we see and everything that we don't see. And that invisible world has constant intersection with the visible world. That unseen world has pressure it puts on the seen world. There's a natural seen realm created by God. But there's also a, a spiritual unseen realm created by God. And that spiritual unseen realm has huge impact on the seen realm. That's why we can do great things, and I'm, I'm thrilled for us to do social justice type things in our community. We, can, we paint something, we fix a, uh, a building, we do all these kind of things. But can I just tell you, the church has been equipped with some spiritual weapons for a spiritual battle. 
And that when we understand that when we pray, that we are putting pressure on things in an unseen realm, and it is causing things to shift and change in a seen realm. When we worship God, we're not just singing songs. We're not just going through the motions. We are literally changing the atmosphere. And that's why I just want to encourage everybody, come to church on time. Early? Did somebody say early? Oh, my. No, please. Let's not take it too far. Right. But ready to engage. Don't just think it's the front row job to worship. It's all of our blessed privilege to be able to shift the atmosphere in the heavens with our worship. Who knows what God could do in our midst if every person in the room was front foot forward, full on worshiping God, realizing there's a sea, unseen realm that is impacting the seen realm. I think... I think even recognizing God's created this, it will change the words you speak. It will change that spirit of faith that you have. You will recognize that all of life is not just what these eyes see, but there's some other stuff going on. Our words are like a substance in the spiritual realm, and they make a huge difference. When we connect with the unseen, I promise you, it's essential to live well in the scene. You gotta have that unseen connection in your life where you go into that place of prayer, when you go into that place of worship, where you are dealing with just as created as the things you can see or the things you can't see, and you are moving stuff in that realm and making a difference in the scene realm. Number three is God speaks in manifestation. God speaks in creation. God speaks in manifestation. Hebrews 1.3, he is the radiance of God's glory. He is the exact representation of God's nature. Uh, Colossians 1.15 is kind of a parallel. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn, the prototype, the proton, the, the, the one that manifests who God is, the firstborn of all creation. Jesus is the image that is seen of the invisible God. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. How did Jesus treat people? How did Jesus respond to situations? What did Jesus say? What did Jesus do? Je Jesus is not just a representation of God. Jesus is the exact manifestation of God. He's the exact representation of God. Jesus is the prototype in revealing who God really is. 
If you want to totally accurately know who God is, you got to look at Jesus. He's always wanting to manifest himself in the earth. God is always wanting to manifest himself. And I think when we don't have Jesus to look at, we can start to create God in an image that we want. We can start taking God and, and, and twisting who God is to fit our predetermined approach or, or to fit the age that we live in. That somehow, you know, come on, that, that Bible was written 2,000 years ago. That can't, that can't be applied to today. We got to take all that and kind of adjust it to fit who we are today. And I love Eugene Peterson's idea. He said, to try to make the Bible relevant to today's society is to act like today's society is the ultimate reality and the Bible needs to be adjusted to it. It is the other way around, sorry. It, it, there, the, the Word of God has lasted forever and will last forever. And I think what happens with people who, won't, who don't buy the idea that, that the Bible is the Word of God and that Jesus is the exact representation of God, instead of, instead of us being created in God's image, we start to create God in our image. We start to create him in a way that we want him to be to suit whatever our inclinations are. But Jesus is the visible manifestation of the invisible God. It's okay if I preach Jesus today. Jesus is the seen manifestation of the unseen God. And you guys know, especially those of you that are around a bit here. I'm, I am so taken by the life-changing, life-giving, life-lifting principles that are in the Word of God. And I love the, the code of conduct and the code of life that the Bible gives to us. But I just want to remind us one more time today that at the center of all things that Christianity is, it's not a bunch of teaching. It's not a bunch of principles. At the center of it all is a person named Jesus that we can have a relationship with. God's wanting to manifest himself through, through Jesus in our lives. I think the value of our church, the value of any church in any community is that we literally, we're not just coming to church to go to a meeting together. We corporately are a manifestation of the love of God. We are a manifestation of what God wants to do in the earth. And then the last way that I want to talk about how does God speak in the language of Jesus is God speaks through his word. God speaks through his word. He is, verse 3, the radiance of his glory, the exact representation of his nature, and Jesus upholds, holds together all things. Everybody say all things. All things by the word of his power. Uh, let's go back to the Colossians passage too, because I want us to see it there. By him, all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, both visible and invisible, 
whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He, Jesus, is before all things, and in him all things hold together. The way everything works is created by God. The way relationships work is created by God. God created relationships. The way money works has been created by God. God created money. God created it. And I think a lot of people just think, well, church stuff has been created by Jesus. Or moral stuff has been created by Jesus. Or religious stuff has been created by Jesus. But what the Bible is telling us is this, the way everything is, the way everything works, the fabric of everything, it's all upheld by him. It's all created by him. So Jesus is the word fleshed out, made flesh, and the word is Jesus described. So ultimately, it's all going to come back to Jesus. Because here's what I found. My marriage works 35 years. Thank you very much. My marriage works because we built it on the person of Jesus. And my finances are blessed because I have built the way I handle my money on Jesus. My relationships work because they're built around the person of Jesus. Is this clear? You know, I think sometimes people think, oh, that stuff's old, that stuff doesn't matter. But I just want to tell you right now, God is not running out of ideas. God is not running out of creativity. You know, we haven't tapped into anything yet. We, you know, we're just, we're just barely getting a little peek here and there of the things that God can do, wants to do in our life. All the ideas that you need for your life, not just for your church life, not just for your religious life, but for all of your life, you're going to find them in the Word of God. I think we got to start thinking about Jesus on a different scale. You know, we, we can't, we got to realize this, Jesus created it all. It's all created for Him. He's the prototype for how life is to be lived. He's the exact representation, the exact image of God. That means Jesus, who wants to speak to you, has all the answers that life would throw questions. All the answers ultimately are going to look like Jesus. They're going to smell like Jesus. I think when we reduce Jesus to a religious figure, then he just is in the religious compartment. 
but I'll do my marriage my way, and I'll, I'll handle my finances my way, and I'll do work my way, and I'll... It's all built on him. I think, I think there, are some, there are some people, even many Christians, they, they see Jesus as holy, but they don't really see Jesus as smart. Like, Jesus, Jesus knows about the holy stuff. Jesus knows about the church stuff, the religious stuff, but he doesn't really know about real life. And I'm just saying to you, all things, like all things, are created by him, for him, through him. He's the exact representation of God's nature, of God's life, of, of God's teaching. God speaks in the language of Jesus. And can I say to you, you're probably never, because no one ever, you're probably never going to just figure life out in a way that you've got it all down. The beauty of embracing Jesus as Lord, the, the beauty of giving your life to him is that he brings his better into our world. I want to pray with you today. Would you bow your heads, please, and take a moment, close your eyes, and maybe you're here today, and just even the idea of just surrendering to Jesus would be new to you. Or maybe you've never done it before. Maybe you thought it was trying to be a good person. But you're maybe seeing something different, that you need your life in his hands. I want to pray with you. Maybe you're here today and there was a moment in your life where you could look back and say, you know, I used to be on fire for God. I used to be passionate. I used to love God. But I've slipped away from that. I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I used to be. I'm not where I could be. I'm not where I know I should be. I would love to pray with you today. Come on, let's restore that passion, that love. Maybe you feel unsure about where you stand with God. But I just want to pray today. I want everybody to leave this room sure, confident, assured that your life is in the hands of a God who really does love you. So if you're here today, you've never given your life to Christ, maybe it's time for you to come back to him. Maybe you just feel unsure. You want to feel sure. You just say, Pastor, would, would you pray with me? And maybe more important than me praying with you is you signaling to God. Say, God, I'm opening my heart to you. I want you to lift your hand real high right now all over this room. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you right here. Come on, all over the room. This is, not, this is not a call for you to get your act together. This is a call for you to surrender to an amazing God who really wants to watch over your life. God bless you, sir. Anybody else? Beautiful. Anybody else? Just says, yeah. Come on, I, I, I get it. I, I, I need the person of Jesus in my life in a real way. Thank you. I want us to pray this prayer together. This is for everybody 
to agree with, but it's primarily for those who lifted their hand. But I like for us all to pray it. So join with me and let's pray this together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your Lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start, a new beginning as I give my heart to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, can we thank the Lord together?